This episode is all about the trade deadline and what's going on. We dig in on the Habs, what they've done, whether it works, whether we think it's going to be a great thing, or whether Bergevin is going to lose his job. We'll swing around the league laughing about the Taylor Hall trade, being jealous about the Anthony Mantha trade, and looking at which teams in the Canadian division really didn't do their job very well. Uh, we're going to be talking about some contenders and pretenders, including social media winners. And uh, we're going to finish it off with a hottie of the week as usual. Enjoy, everyone. This is your trade deadline special. Welcome back to Fumble Puck, everyone. It's a trade deadline frenzy. You're here with Ashley and Noah. Ashley, what's going on? I had my first massage today in like 10 months. How was that? Was that wonderful? It was outside in someone's backyard. Wait, my massage therapist back here, not like a creep. And it was, yeah. like, it was in like a gazebo and with like wind going through. It was wonderful. I mean, How was the weather? It's cold. It was a little bit chilly, but she had a heat dish on. So like it was pretty warm. It was awesome. And honestly, it felt wonderful. It was, oh, it was so good. It was great. I'm very relaxed right now. Until I think about the Habs, and then all the tension comes flying back into my body. But how are you? Say I could stop your relaxation pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> we can just talk hockey. But I'm great. Uh, I'm great. I've been catching up on TV because I'm off uh, work this week. Well, I, I maybe not tonight. But um, <laughs> I watched. Uh, I caught up on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Finally, that show is awesome. It's been great. And then last night I watched the movie Glass. Have you ever heard of Glass? No, nor have I heard of whatever the TV show was that you were talking well, about. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is uh, a Marvel TV show. It takes place after the oh. Last Avengers movie, and it's starring Sam and Bucky. And it's like a buddy cop international spy thriller. It's pretty cool. It's actually oh. really cool. Okay, well, I have to tell you something, though, before you tell me about Glass. You watched The Mighty Ducks. Did you? Know? I only saw one episode, but you saw one episode at least, right? I've watched the first two episodes. I will watch the third. I feel like now that I've started, I have to keep going. So even though I don't think it's a great show, it's got me hooked. Therefore, they did a good job, I guess. I only watched one episode, but have you not noticed how the coach of the Ducks looks just like a Stahl brother? It's creepy. Yes, he does. He absolutely looks like Eric Stahl. Yes. And what was funny about that? Sorry, I was just drinking water. What was funny about that is because the day I watched it, I think that day or the next day, we got Eric Stahl. And I was watching him and I'm like, God, this guy looks so familiar. And then we traded for Stahl and I was like, oh, my God, that's why. Like, totally his face. Yeah, that's awesome. He, um, I saw it and you mentioned it and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a good call. That, that looks like it. Anyway, sorry. What's Glass? I'd never heard of it. So Glass is part, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Um, okay. It is part three of the Unbreakable trilogy. So, like, I don't. Have you ever seen Unbreakable? No. So, Unbreakable uh, came out like yes. twenty years ago. Yes, I did. Yes, no, I did see it with Bruce Willis. Yeah, well, he's in like all his movies, but yes, I did see it. Isn't he? Yeah. He's in like three of his movies or something at least. No. Yeah, so Unbreakable came out right after The Sixth Sense. It was like the follow-up movie, and it was an amazing movie of like Bruce Willis, and like the, the plot twist at the end is that he's actually just becoming a superhero. That's his thing. So you're like, that's pretty cool. Then like three or four years ago, Split came out with James McAvoy, where he's got like the 30 different multiple personalities there. Okay. So anyways, McAvoy's awesome. A really killer performance because he's literally playing. I, I think he's got 10 multiple personalities is what it is. So throughout the movie, he's acting as 10 different people. And it was, it was a really great movie. It's like this like horror thriller where like he's like kidnapped some girls and he's planning on murdering them or whatever. But um, at the very end, a post credit scene 
Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable shows up and you're like, oh my God, like I, you had no idea those two movies were linked, right? They just kind of dropped it in on you like 17 years after the Unbreakable came out. So then right. what they did was they made Glass, which is part three, which kind of brings those characters together. What a freaking great series. It was so good. Well, that's cool. If So it's now called Dissociative Identity Disorder, which is called DID, not Multiple Personality Disorder. However, what's interesting. really interesting about DID, if you are interested in it, there was a show on TV called The Many Sides of Jane, I want to say is what it's called. It's about this girl named Jane, Jane Hart, who has, right now, I think she has 13 or 14 different parts. That's what she calls her different personalities. And it is fascinating. I went on a binge watch of that show a few years ago. And then I went on YouTube and looked up other people and their parts. And it is so fascinating. It's my favorite thing to, I mean, besides cults, which I also love learning about. I have a very weird thing. But <laughs> but I also love learning about these, like, these dissociative identity disorder. I think it's really, really, really interesting. It's really cool. I mean, probably not to have it. But it's really cool to read about it and learn about it. And I would really recommend you check that show out. I'll send you the link if I can find it. It's really I would cool. love that, actually. I'm very curious to check that out. It was really cool. And if they made it a little bit more theatrical. So like you could tell when she was changing her parts in reality, it just kind of happens. But on the show, they put like some music. So it was like, ooh, it's about to happen. But it's it was really well done and really interesting. I think it's on A&E. I'll get the name. I think it's on A&E. Or nice. I think I found it online somewhere. But it's the many sides. Oh, it's called many. Yeah, many sides of Jane. And it's really, really, really cool. It was on A&E. A&E sorry. Really cool. Awesome. Check yeah, it send out. Me the link. I'd love to check that out. I will. It's cool. Anyways, yes. Okay, speaking of things that need to be checked out, okay, I've got some neon knee-jerk reactions for you to kick this off. Uh, right. I've got four of them. Are you ready? I am. Okay, okay, here's the first one. Taylor Swift. Really catchy songwriter. That's kind of where it ends. <laughs> so you're not like a Taylor Swift super fan? No, I am definitely okay. not. I've heard stories, um, lots of stories, including one from somebody who worked, whose friend worked with her. She's not my favorite. I think she's extremely talented at songwriting. Well, are you a big Taylor Swift fan? No, but she's everywhere right now because she re-released her like one of her albums, right? Like she re-recorded it, so everyone's talking about her. So I was going to see if you would get caught up in the Taylor Swift, the T-Swizzle hoopla. No, I will not. I I do appreciate her work. I think she's talented, especially, again, at songwriting. I think she writes very catchy songs that get stuck in your head forever and ever and ever. I have friends who are obsessed with her. I am not one of those people. She's I am okay. not one of those people either. I think she sucks, but that's, I, uh, you know. <laughs> I feel bad for what happened to her. I don't think that whole thing was fair at all. I'm not a huge Taylor Swift. All story. right. Yeah. So on to the hockey neon knees. Here we go. Here are yeah. the real ones. Okay. Eric Goodbranson. Thank God we didn't get him. <laughs> and nor did I get confused by Gustafson and Goodbranson. I 100% got so angry. I was like, Goodbranson, are you kidding me? That's such a Bergevin move. And it, <laughs> then I read it again and I was like, oh, thank God. It's the better one of the two. And what's funny is somebody else posted, there was like a tweet earlier today that Brian Wilde retweeted that said like, Eric, i to the Habs. And I tweeted out, I retweeted and wrote, no thanks. And yeah, because there were rumors going around. So they put the idea in our head already. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's okay. We didn't get him. I, you know what? He grew up a Habs fan. I think he's actually a very cute looking boy. Oh, he's is he going to be your hottie? No, he's not. Somebody okay. else. Who's also not the hottiest, but he's very cute. And I really like this other guy who's going to be my hottie of the week. But it's not Gabranson. But Gabranson's a good-looking guy. And he grew up in Orleans, Ontario, I believe. And he is a fan of the Habs, I believe. His family was huge Habs fans, if I remember correctly. Interesting. 
Yeah, my friend used to really like him a lot, like back in the day. When he played for Florida? Did he play for Florida? Yeah, he was, yeah, he was drafted third overall by Florida. Yeah, so she really liked him then, back in the day. Nice. Yeah. Uh, next up, yep. Mike Riley. Enjoy. <laughs> Mike Riley <laughs> off to Boston for a third-round pick. Uh, Ottawa was able to get more from Mike Riley than we got. Yeah, that says a lot, doesn't it? Um, they they scandal at us. <laughs> Okay, you know what? It's fine. Good luck to him. I wish him luck in Boston. I have nothing against him. He was, I guess, serviceable. He didn't really play much for us, so it's fine. Whatever. I'm going to totally use hashtag Scandellad, by the way. Oh, I like it. I think you should. That We can call the uh, the episode that. Hashtag Scandellad. We, we were we were Scandellad in the Mike, by Mike Riley and the Ottawa Senators. All right. <laughs> and then this is my last one, my last neon knee jerk for you. Alex yeah. Romanov. Alex Romanov, our defenseman? Yeah. I okay. I thought you know why I'm saying that because somebody was tweeting out Alex, Alex Radulov, Alex Romanov, and how confu- they're talking about confusing names. That's why I was like, wait, what? I had to think. Well, remember how great Radulov was? I do not quite as good as Ro- as not as good. No, wait, no, opposite. <laughs> Romanov is not quite as good as Radulov. There we go. I like him. I thought he'd be a little bit more offensive. To be honest with you, I'm not so enamored with him as I thought I would be. I'm. I've always been. I'm a really ex- I okay, so I'm really excited for obviously Cole Caulfield. I haven't talked about that for like years, but I'm also excited for Norlander. He's the one I'm more excited for than Ram- than Romanov personally. So he's okay. He's doing okay. I mean, it's his rookie season. He hits like a freight train. Do you see he missed a hit the other day? He went into the boards himself. Oof. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think with so with Sherratt, Edmondson, Merrill, Gustavson, do we think Romanov goes down to Laval? Oh, oh, I didn't think about that. I don't yeah. know. Well, we have Kulak also, right? So and Kulak. We have okay. I don't understand how. Like I tweeted out earlier, can we play ten defensemen and like eight forwards? Because that's what I think we're trying to do here. Um, <laughs> mm, I don't know. I honestly, you're gonna laugh, but I would try. Is it Gustafsson or Gustafsson? How do you pronounce this guy's name? Uh, I would say Gustafsson, but I am not certain. I will find out the answer to that, though. Okay, so Eric G. We'll just call him that. I think <laughs> Eric G. Is there another Eric Cole? Yeah, uh, not Cole. Keep doing that stall. So Eric, Eric Branson. <laughs> <laughs> that too, but he's not on our team. But I would, I would put Eric G. with Weber. So he's with Weber. You're not splitting up Kulak Petrie, really, right? Like, let's be real. No, we are. They're splitting them up tonight. It's Edmondson Weber. Uh, Edmondson Petrie now. That's awkward. Okay, and yeah, then that's how, that's when Petrie was scoring. He was MVP Petrie. He has not been since he's been with Kulak, which is weird, but yeah. And then who's with Weber tonight? Then uh, I want to say Romanov. Did I see? I don't remember. Okay, I saw okay. earlier today. Hold We're on. obviously going to be waiting on Merrill and uh, Gustafsson to do their, their quarantines, right? So they're not yeah. joining us quite yet. So Romanov is still playing for now. But I have to think that he's one of the guys who's going to be on the bubble, right? I would think, although they seem to like him. So, But you know what? It doesn't hurt to give him some rest, too. Like, he's a rookie. He's never played this many games before. Or you play him 22 minutes a night in Laval, right? Yeah, but I don't think they do that this confidence. I don't know. I feel like that would maybe screw it up a bit. I could be wrong. I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I'm not the GM, and I don't know if the GM even worries about that because we still don't know what GMs do for a living. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I was told to read that book by, uh, what's his face, by um, Burke, Brian Burke. Yeah, it's next up in my queue now, actually, so it's happening. 
I actually got it uh, last night also. I'm going to start reading it today, I think. Nice. But- I don't know. I saw the, I saw the lineups. I just now, of course, I can't find it now that I'm looking for it. Also, on your point that you thought Romanov would be a little bit more offensive, do you remember which one of your friends uh, told you he had no confidence that Alex Romanov would put up points in the NHL? I'm guessing it's you. It was me. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to be a great shutdown guy. I, I just I hope the offense shows up. I hope I'm wrong. I just don't see it happening. I like how many shots he puts on net. I like how many shot attempts he takes, rather, but he's got to get some of those through traffic. Like, he's got to work on finding lanes a little better. And yeah. if he's able to do that, I'm sure he'll become more valuable. Uh, and I re- I like the guy. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great prospect. I think he's a great player. I enjoy watching him play. I just think he's still got some development to go. And I don't think his ceiling's above second pair. Like, I don't think he's that savior that we kind of were hoping he would be, you know? Yeah, no, I agree with you on that for sure. It's kind speaking of, of saviors, we need one because did you see the Winnipeg Jets-Montreal game? <laughs> Can we forget about that game? Because it didn't exist. Yes. I'm like, like a like two minute talk about it just to like voice how frustrated we are. Okay. Well, my mother stopped watching. You stopped watching. I stupidly watched the entire thing. So that was fun. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh my God. I don't know why I subject myself to this crap. It was horrible. Like, no intensity. No. And the only person who showed intensity was Corey Perry. And then he gets a 10-minute misconduct, probably for showing too much intensity. And then Ducharme, like, just told him to go home because, well, he apparently showed too much intensity, something that we clearly lack. I wish our whole team was, like, 25-year-old Corey Perry. We'd be so good. Imagine. Yeah, like, I, I, and I think it's – I think we miss Brendan Gallagher, too, because he brings a little bit of that, right? Oh, for sure. I, it's it's very to me. It was very upsetting, and I I don't enjoy watching them fail. Like I really want them to do well. They keep saying we're a lock for the playoffs. I don't know if they've seen, but like Calgary's right behind our tushy here. I we don't still know. have like an and like a high eighties percent chance of making the playoffs. So like we can be confident because a lot of our games come against Toronto. So it's not like we're giving up points to division rivals, but they're against Toronto, so they're going to be harder games, right? And we also have five against Calgary in the next like week. It's crazy. Yeah, like that's basically like if we if we come out with a winning record in those games, we're good, right? But yeah, we have to be good. To. Calgary, yeah, Calgary. selling. Who did Calgary trade off? They traded off Sam Bennett and David Riddick, right? Yeah. So Calgary, I think, is signaling that they don't plan on making it. Well, I would guess not by trading off their playoff warrior, Sam Bennett. So that was kind of interesting. Although yeah, I, went to Florida. Can, yeah, I know. What if they can Goudreau, though, from them if they wanted? Like, no problem. It looks like if Goudreau moves, which he probably will, it'll be an offseason thing. Uh, so he's going to replace Taylor Hall in Boston. You heard it here first. Ugh, why would you say that? Ugh. Yeah. I'm telling you, he's going to Boston. Like, it just fits. He's the left wing they've been looking for for so long because they're not re-signing Taylor Hall, I don't think. And it doesn't matter if they re-sign Taylor Hall because they didn't pay anything for him. We're going to get to that, though. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Anyways, well, I really hope tonight's game against the Leafs is going to be better. I highly doubt it will be, but I have high hopes that... I, you know what I actually expect? This is my prediction, even though it's going to... By the time this airs, it's going to be over. Cole Caulfield is going to be called up to play tonight. Tonight? Mm-hmm. After the game or to play in this game? No, to play in this game. No, no way. Five o'clock. Yep. Call up. Watch. I'll bet you a beer on it. I don't drink, so no. But if if he gets called up, I'll drink a beer. If he doesn't get called up, I'll drink a beer. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Uh, lots of trades happened. Some are still getting logged as we as we go, as we finish up. But I will start throwing out some trades, and we'll talk about how they're going. So first up, let's, let's revisit the Habs ones. Uh, Eric Stahl, how are we feeling about that uh, a week and a half later? I liked it for the first game. 
And since then, not so much. You? Yeah. He, uh, like, we knew that his speed would be a problem. Uh, it looks like it's really a problem. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. It's like he's not gelling, or maybe it's just his line mates aren't gelling. I don't even know what lines are, are which anymore because they change every five seconds. It's like the blender's on. But I'm not very impressed with Stahl at the moment. Although, maybe it'll get better. They can't get much worse. So he probably is like, I left Buffalo for this shit. Really? No, there's no way. Like, Buffalo's so much worse. Like, there's no comparison. He's still way happier being in Montreal than he is in Buffalo, guaranteed. I feel like Jack Eichel was like, why didn't they take me with them? That's a very real possibility. Eichel would be like, I'd love to go to Montreal. I know, I wish. That's like, that's my, as you keep saying, that's my uh, off-season trade that I want to happen. I hear so I was listening to another podcast to the Staff and Graph podcast with Rachel Dory and Mikey Stevens. They're they're great. I, I really enjoy them. They were talking about, do you know about Jack Eichel's pregame um pregame like routine? No, but is it saying I want to go to Montreal because I'm down for No, that. apparently it's some like really and I'll have to follow up on the exact details of it because apparently but apparently it's like really particular. He's got a very specific thing like that he goes through every single pregame. And they were like, of course, like he's a difficult guy. And I know he's had coach killer vibes following him his first five years in the league or whatever, right? right. But they're saying like if that's how intense he is for his pregame routine, imagine how hard he is to deal with as a person. And I was like, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense to me. You know, that's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. However, well, if he's told- a bit of a diva, we'd have to manage that, you know? Okay. Well, we have people in the room, I'm sure, who can shut that shit down. I don't know which which guys because our character leaders are still letting us you know crap on the ice every couple games. So Gallagher would probably shut that shit down. I feel like Weber would, Price would. But Gallagher's busy fixing his broken hands. He's like Edward Scissorhands now. <laughs> I wonder if I wish he would just get like a mechanical hand or just like yeah, a he could become Bucky like from Falcon and the Winter Soldier and have a bionic arm. I'm okay with that. Are you Brendan Gallagher? Let us know, Brendan. We're waiting for you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next trade up was uh, John Merrill from Detroit for Hayden Verbeek and a fifth round pick in a a bubble. And uh, we'll talk about the bubble in just a second. In a bubble, this is a good trade. Yeah, I've been, I, again, I really wanted us to get offense and a puck moving defenseman. So Merrill is exactly the opposite of those two things. However, he was Detroit's best defenseman which i don't know how much that says considering how much detroit stinks but it does not say a lot but um he is and he's he's a very marginal net positive defenseman you know but um like, like if we're not looking at the, this trade in the larger scheme of things as an individual transaction it's good yeah i agree it's fine and then eric gustafson for a seventh or Gustafson, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's great, actually. You know what? He's a puck-moving defenseman. I play him with Weber. Why not try it out? If no one else works, let's try him. He had 60 points like two years ago as a defenseman. That's yeah, insane. most of them were power play points, right? And he was playing in Chicago, feeding Patrick Kane. So there's definitely some of that to it. But uh, he did still put up 60 points. I mean, you don't do that by accident. Well, maybe he can play in Montreal and feed Cole Caulfield and put up the same 60 points. Wouldn't that be great? That would be wonderful. I wish. I take it. How does a defenseman get 60 points who's not named Eric Carlson? That is crazy. Is Gustafsson a UFA or is he uh, signed for one more year? 
I have absolutely no idea. He's USA at the end of this year, and then so is John Merrill. So they're both probably walking. Those are pure rentals. What I like about these trades, the Stahl, the Merrill, and the Gustafsson trade, all of them are rental trades, and all of them had very low prices. The low prices are probably a function of the salary cap being flat, um, but we didn't have to give up a single roster player. We didn't have to give up any top prospects. No one's going to miss Hayden Verbeek. Uh, and at the end of the day, this did cost us Victor Mete, who got claimed by Ottawa on waivers. I don't think that's killer. We know you and I are both not big fans of Mete anyways. Even though I don't think he's terrible, I just, I'm just not a big fan, right? I don't think it'll hurt us to lose our 7th or 8th defenseman when you replace him with a John Merrill. I agree. I also think Mete, I think he's a fabulous skater, but that's all he brings. So he's we an don't- incredible skater, yes. Yes, but he doesn't do anything with the puck, and his shot is weak, and he's not very good at defending. So, I mean, to me, I heard people arguing about this on the radio today. I don't think it's a very big loss, if I'm being honest. No, and I think if you're looking for not quite as good a skater, but almost as good a skater with a really good brain is Alex Romanoff. And that's the same spot they're fighting for. Right. I agree. So I don't think this trade hurt us at all. The waiver claim rather hurt us at all. And I think we got the better players in the trade over Mete, personally. Sorry, you were saying. Sorry, I missed you. Sorry, what? (laughs) Oh, you finish your sentence and I'll hop into mine. Oh, I was just saying I wish him luck in Ottawa. That's it. Yeah, I wish him luck. Yep. I hope Ottawa sucks, but, you know. Me too. Not as much as I hope Toronto sucks, but yeah. Okay. Here's, here's the thing about the Montreal trades that I wanted to touch on. I said before, in a bubble, this trade is good. And in a bubble, the Gustafsson trade is good. And in a bubble, the Stahl trade is good. My my good friend Ryan, uh, he accurately pointed out earlier today when we were talking again that we need to stop looking at Mark Bergevin's moves one by one in a bubble. We need to kind of look at them in aggregate as how he's driven our team. If you look at all his trades combined, there is a distinct lack of adding great players, right? There's still no bold moves. That typical Mark Bergevin, third liner, fourth liner, depth defenseman trade, uh, those don't those don't add up. You know, like they don't. No, I agree. I, I really like the Weber Subban was a pretty big deal. And since then, it's been nothing to write home about. I would really, really, really like a boomer bust trade. Like I want, again, I say it every week, I want elite talent. That's all I care about now is elite talent. I just want us to get that elite player. I mean, I understand trades are hard, blah, blah, blah. We've heard all the excuses. You can even make a drinking game. You'd be drunk by like the third question with his excuses every week. It's the same crap. I said crap three times today, by the way. Yeah. Or I might have said shit. Whatever. I said them. <laughs> but I really, it's enough. I'm tired of this fourth line, third line plug. I want scoring. I, I really wanted him to get Hoffman today or Eichel or uh, Line A or even Taylor Hall or Mantha. Like all these players were clearly available, except apparently Line A, unless I missed that trade somewhere. I really, really, really wanted us to get, I don't know. I really want us to get, I agree with, was this Ryan P or Ryan V? Uh, Pintar. That's what I thought. Hi, Ryan Pintar. I just, he doesn't listen to this, does he? <laughs> uh, I think he started. Oh, hi, Ryan. I, I would just really like to get legit talent and stop. I agree. It's enough of these depth pickups. We need them, but we also need to get legit talent pickups. Do you agree? Exactly. So if these were moves happening once we'd already had a core that we know that can f- do the damage, these trades would be excellent moves. They're the kind of last-minute moves that the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals add to put them over the top. It's like the Washington Capitals adding Michael Kempney, you know? But the fact that we were missing those first couple of pieces, uh, these moves don't move the needle 
too much for us. And we're still hoping that Mark Bergeron's death by a thousand cuts strategy works, which I don't think many of us are very confident in right now. Do you think he's going to be gone at the end of the year? So I before the trade deadline started going, I had some thoughts in my head of like, what if he doesn't do anything? And if he didn't do anything, there would be three things in my mind that would be happening. Those three things were, one, he tried to do something, but he couldn't, in which case he should have been fired. He didn't think he needed to do something. So he, you know, he believes that this roster will win, in which case he's betting his reputation on it. So if it doesn't work out, he should probably be fired. And then the third one, though, is that he's got such insane job security that he doesn't, it doesn't matter what he does. He's not getting fired anyways. I'm worried right. that option three might be real. I don't think so. I think this is the last. Interesting to see because there are a lot like Scott Mellonby could hop into being the GM right away. Uh, yeah. Like, why not? He's an experienced guy. He's got a slightly different style. Like, you know, like, and, and he does speak French, you know, like he's from Montreal. <laughs> right. I just think I'd love to see new blood in there. I, I don't want to see Patrick Hawa. I, I know no. like there's no, you know, like uh, I, I want to see someone with some fire take over. And I don't know if Scott Mellonby is that guy, but I think like if you wanted to get rid of Bergevin, you need to do it before the expansion draft. And I think we have a guy who could at least be interim in Scott Mellonby, you know? Right. Whoa. So I think there's an opportunity okay. there. I would fire him at the end of the season. If we don't make it out of the first round of the playoffs, Mark Bergevin should be fired. Uh, because it would be unacceptable to have put this much effort into the roster to get no results. And if he built this roster and we need to tear it down because it didn't get results, he should not be allowed to get another kick at the can at this, right? And he went all in this year. Not all in. He went as all in as a Mark Bergevin would ever go, because let's be real, he didn't do the big stuff. You know, I, I love the Toffoli bit. I love the Anderson bit. We're still missing that one thing. We're still missing that second thing. You know, like it, he doesn't deserve another chance after this. There's no way. I agree. He's had enough chances and it hasn't worked. So it's time to get out. And then getting out and swinging around the NHL, we have some other trades worth talking about and other teams worth talking about. I'm going to go through. Did you see the Foligno and Savard trades from Columbus? I did. I you know what's cool about both those trades? What? Columbus was able to get a first round pick for Nick Foligno and for David Savard. So they now have three first round picks in this upcoming draft. Yes, they had that once before, too. Yes, that year they drafted Marco Dano, Alex Wenberg, and Kirby Reichel with those three picks. And how did those three young lads turn out? <laughs> All of them were not good. Alex Wenberg's doing medium in Florida. He's like a third-line center, I guess. Marco Dano scrubbed out, and we all know the story of Kirby Reichel, who ended up in Montreal and didn't do anything. Exactly. Yes, I do know that. This is also like the worst draft to have three first round picks, I would think, because it's such a crapshoot. <laughs> so. yep. You hope that another team has a player that they really target and you flip that first round pick for a couple of seconds kind of thing. Unless you're really confident in your scouting department. And we know that Kekalainen is is a confident guy because he went after Igor Chinikov in the last draft. <laughs> like It's completely off the board, right? Yep. I remember everyone was like, who? We don't even have notes on this guy. Who is I it? I loved it. Like Sam Cosentino was like, I literally don't know who that guy is. And he's <laughs> the draft guy. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. No, it was. Uh, yeah. What do you think about the Felino or Felino? You say him differently than I do. And the Savard trade. So Felino, I'm, I'm sad about because he's the captain of Columbus. Everyone knows my second team is the Jackets. I'm a big fan. 
seeing the captain get traded sucks. It does signal the end of the an era. Tortorella was he made a statement about it, and even Tortorella was expressing genuine sadness. But he's like, oh, I'm happy for him, you know. But like, we really built something special here. He's like, it feels like the band is moving on, and it, it does feel like. And I do believe that Nick Foligno will, will sign back next season in Columbus. I believe in my heart he's going back there. But you can tell that this is the end of an era in Columbus. They're going to have to start making some changes. They had a run, and that's it, you know? Would that change have been line A to us? What? Okay. I would believe, and I was having this conversation with my father because we love having, we have great hockey talks, him and I. It's like my favorite way of keeping in touch with him because he lives so far away. But um, we were talking about Patrick Line and, you know, whether or not a deal to Montreal makes sense. And it's challenging. And I think at the end of the day, I think that Columbus wants to hang on to him just to get him under a new coach, right? So I imagine they're going to let Tortorella walk after this year. If a new coach can kickstart Line you don't want to give up on that asset and regret it later. Like, you really don't want to regret that one, right? So. I don't think he wants to stay there. I heard he wants to go to the Sun Belt, so we'll see. I think he wants to win. I think he wants to be a star. So well, I like, I, like that's the thing. Like, can you do that in Columbus, right? No. But I know that I know that their GM will hardball the hell out of him, and he won't let him leave for nothing. Like, he will sign him. He will then trade that contract. You know. Right. We'll see. And the David Savard one, big fan, underrated player. Like he's everything you want in a shutdown D. He's he plays hard minutes. He does them well. And Tampa Bay looks really good again this year. Yeah. So they put Savard with head minute practice today. Oh my God, that is a D pairing. Good Lord. I, uh, Victor Hedman is like, so I obviously hate everything about the Tampa Bay Lightning. I really have mad respect for Victor Hedman. I, I was rooting for him to win the Con Smythe last year as they were going through. He is such a great hockey player. And to have a partner like that next to him now, that team is just dangerous. It is. It's not really fair. Like their first, their third center, I think is Brandon Point. Maybe he's their second center now. He would be like our first center by like a landslide. Like they're so deep and so good. It's so annoying. You know what's so annoying? What? Taylor Hall. Everyone keeps telling me how he's like the most overrated player ever to play in the NHL. I don't know if he's the most overrated player ever, but I, I, I'm not a fan. You know, like there was some good talk about how after he won his heart trophy, how steep his decline was, right? right. And uh, it's hilarious that Columbus was able to snag a first for Foligno and Savard, but Buffalo couldn't get a first for Taylor Hall. That is outlandish and hilarious. Yeah, I, I found it kind of funny, especially when, that, when you told me that he went to Boston and I was like, oh. That's okay. We don't have to play Boston unless we're like going for the cup. So that's we okay. may have to play Boston in the cup final. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And you know what? I like to watch Jay Weber level Taylor Hall or Romanov. Ooh, that'd be even more fun. Yeah, yep. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Taylor Hall is officially done in Buffalo. His dream of uh, sparking with Jack Eichel and taking over the world and getting himself paid those days are over. He is now praying for a strong run with the Boston Bruins in order to uh, get paid at some point, and we'll see if he does get paid. Yep. Pretty much. Do you see the Anthony Mantha trade? I did. Uh, and I just said earlier today and every other day how I would love to have Mantha. Good for Washington. I think it's great. I mean, they gave up a ton for him, though. First to second, Panic and Rana. That's a lot of players for one person. Yeah, and so they, they take a step down in Detroit in terms of quality because Verona is not as good as Mantha. But Verona's still a heck of a player. He's still young. He's still cost-controlled. So... I, I just think that's that was a great move for them to get those extra assets in too. Because you figure Mantha's what twenty six now. Uh, yeah, he's twenty six. You figure by the time Detroit's ready to compete, it'll be three years down the road, let's say, 
right? Two or three years, maybe. By then, he'll be 29 looking for a big ticket re-sign. You're not going to give him $10 million when you're settling into an open Stanley Cup window. That's a bad move, right? So I think they correctly recognize that he won't be a part of that future, uh, that their Stanley Cup chasing in Detroit. So they moved on from him now while he had tons of value. It's smart asset management by Steve Eiserman, once again proving why he's an exceptional GM. I actually saw something about Mantha and Vrana, and it had that Vrana actually had more points per game, I think, than Mantha. But I don't know where I saw that. It was on Twitter. Someone today said it. Oh, it was like just when you were telling me, it was right before that. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's very interesting. But I don't know where the – I'm trying to find it right now. Of course, I'm not. But it was very whatever. It was a very interesting tweet about it and how he had more PPG than Mantha. So I was that's like, awesome. Oh. Yeah. Anyways, I could be wrong. That's what I'm pretty sure it said. I'll try to find it by the time we're done. That kind of return that they got was the kind of return I was expecting in a Patrick Line trade if it was going to happen. So props to them for getting crazy good value from Mantha. Oh, here we go. Anthony Mantha, 1.13 goals per 60, 2.32 points per 60. Jacob Rana, 1.31 goals per 60, 2.72 points per 60. It was per awesome. 60 is, when you said this stat, I was like, it, that sounds more like a per 60 and not per game. So, Sorry, yes. No, that's fine, right? Because that makes a lot more sense because Mantha plays more minutes, right? Because he obviously there's yeah. someone else in Detroit to play those minutes. So, <laughs> Yeah, that was in since 2018-19. At five awesome. That's what it was. That's what I saw. Sorry. That's the stat. All right. Next up, we got to talk about the people we hate, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, <laughs> they got Nick Foligno. They got Ben Hutton. And they got David Riddick. They got a forward, a D, and a goalie. Uh, we mentioned that they need a goalie. They address that need with a good backup. David Riddick actually has better numbers than Freddie Anderson right now. Toronto did some good work here loading up for a, a deadline. Yeah, whatever. They do that every year, and then they fail. I expect the same this year. Wah, wah. Okay. I hope so. I hope you're right. I hope so, too. I don't like them. So. And then Edmonton yeah. picked up Dmitry Kulikov, which is a nothing move. So uh, that sucks. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yep. And then uh, I, I put down here as our last note, the Winnipeg Jets, because the Winnipeg Jets did absolutely nothing. No, nope, they got Jordy Ben. Then we went and got Jordy Ben. So uh, I think this is a big miss for Winnipeg because – they really need help on D and Jordy Ben's not a really big help on D, you know, like they're in a, they're in a situation where they have an opportunity to go for it. And all they did was Jordy Ben. That's so, some Mark Bergevin GMing right there. So shovel day off literally just said the asking price this year is what it is. Winnipeg was prepared to participate in the market says shovel day off, but sometimes you take swings and it just doesn't work out. So I actually chose them to win the, the North division. Is it the North? Yeah, it's the North Division. The Canadian Division, whatever it's called. I did choose them to win that. I still think they actually are a better team than Toronto, especially with their goaltending. Hellebuck is so good. So we'll see, I guess. Oh, hi, my dog is here. My dog is saying hello. Hello. <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll see about that one. I think that one's interesting. Awesome. And that's it for our trade talk right now. I mean, we're heading around the week, a league for our, our weekend updates, right? Uh, yeah. We I talked about Philly last week on our one-timer, looking at uh, whether or not they were going to sell. The sell is on, right? Phil, we obviously got Gustafsson from them. They uh, they shipped out a couple. I think Michael Raffle got traded. So Philly's tearing it down. Good opportunity for the offseason to look for. Um, if you want to start looking to get some assets that could help your team, maybe the Philadelphia Flyers are going to sell you some stuff on the offseason. I think the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings are in the same boat. Yeah? I think so. We'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised. I'm surprised that Ghost is still with Philly, though. Weren't they turning over to him for like three years now? 
yeah, I, I would assume that nobody wants him, which is uh, sad, but that's what it is, right? Yep. I mean, that's why you wave players like Mete, who then people take him. And people they, don't really they have waved, waved Spare. No one claimed him. That's true. But we waved Mete and someone did, which is kind of weird because you think that someone would have given you like a seventh for him. But then it's also like, who cares? Yeah, who cares about a seventh round pick, right? Like you might as well just sign the guy. You know? Exactly. So anyways, all right, continue. Sorry for that. Aiden intro. Primo disagrees, though. Yeah, exactly. And, so Yaroslav, and Yaroslav Halak. That's wild. He was like the last <laughs> pick of the draft or something, I think. I believe the last pick of his draft also was Patrick Hornqvist. I'm pretty sure he was last overall. Crazy. I could be wrong, but I feel like he was. I, I remember, yeah, but Halak was also like right near the end or something. It was crazy. He was, yeah. He was like a ninth round pick, wasn't he? Yeah, the ninth and final round of the 2003 NHL entry draft. Like P.A. Paranto. Crazy. Um, and then Tanner Pearson just signed in Vancouver. Uh, Jim Benning is dumb. Do you know why Jim Benning is dumb? I like Tanner Pearson, so why is he dumb? Because he signed Tanner Pearson before signing Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. He also wow. signed Tanner Pearson instead of signing Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you are worried deeply worried about what the t- price tag for those two defensemen are going to be. Why are you committing money to a middle six guy before you have your top player signed? I guess they just don't care. I have no idea. Good question. So annoying. Anyways, Jim Benning's an idiot. I'd be shocked if he gets like, he, he shouldn't keep his job next year. There's no way. So I hope he gets fired. <laughs> All right. And uh, now a word from our sponsor. You know what, everyone? Life can come at you fast. Life is real busy, and you got stuff to do. If you need to really just take a step back and just watch not a lot of anything happen, watch the trade deadline shows on one of your local sports networks. You're guaranteed to have nothing important happen uh, and way way more coverage than you ever needed. So tune in to uh, kick back and relax and not miss anything important because you're getting your news from Twitter anyways. Cheers. Okay, we're back. We uh, Before we get into our contenders and pretenders, uh, I had a question for you. So one of the things we saw in this trade deadline that was super interesting was a lot of third-party teams holding, taking on cap space just to facilitate trades. Obviously, that's weird and something the NHL would not want to see be done consistently, right? We're talking to you, San Jose. Yep. Yeah. So do you think they're going to address this in the offseason somehow? Do you think they should? I'm thinking, like, do you think there's a need for a compliance buyout just to give everybody a cushion? I think they might because I think COVID really screwed up a lot of teams, right? Because now all of a sudden it's a flat cap. Sorry? So badly. Yeah. And now it's a flat cap for another four years, I think is what they said. And that is causing a lot of problems. So truthfully... Yeah, they should do another compliance buyout. Who do you think we'd buy out, though? Weber or Price? So for us, that's an interesting question. I think they should get a compliance buyout set on. I have no idea how it works in terms of organizing one, and I'm sure the NHLPA would have uh, concerns about it. Although I don't know if they'd be opposed necessarily because getting rid of the contract of one overpaid guy might allow two others to get signed, right? So there's right. there's an idea there that maybe it creates more jobs. For that for Montreal, who would we buy out? Oh, man. Um that's tough. I like obviously the names you have in mind are Weber and and Price, right? Yep. Oh man, I'm gonna get yelled at for this. Uh, I I think I I'd buy out Carey Price. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Yeah, and like I don't hate the guy, and I've had so many arguments with friends that his cap hit sucks, but it's not completely handicapping us. But if I had the chance to get out from under it, 
Yikes. You know, <laughs> like I, I think like I think Sherrod and Edmondson are worse for our salary cap than Carrie Price. They but, also came into mind, trust me. Yeah. You know, but if I had to get rid of one and it's like we can do a lot with ten point five million, especially with the rest of this core, right? Yeah, we can even get Jack Eichel. <clears throat> Yeah, right? Like, And then we can sign a goalie for like $2, and it's perfect, you know? Yeah, and there's some goalies coming up on the market, right? Like, you could try to tandem it, like, and then you have Jake Allen, who might be an answer, right, for a little bit. That's interesting. But um, I definitely think that's something that we should hope to see in the news cycle for the next little bit. And now that trade deadline's done, we're looking to the offseason and stuff, right? Yeah. There should be some way that a team can help themselves financially if we're not getting back to full hockey next season. Right. I agree. I think they might want to do it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Top three, bottom three are contenders and our pretenders. Do you have any contenders or pretenders? No, I actually don't this week. I guess you have quite a few though, right? I have some good ones. Okay. I'm excited. I'm going to start off with my pretenders. Yep. Uh, The first up is people who are currently whining about the salary cap. I know we just had a good conversation about the salary cap, but it sounded very rational. Right. People are freaking out. There should be no salary cap. We shouldn't have to worry about a salary cap. Those people, because they're popping up now that deadline deals are hard, right? I get it. They're hard. But does anyone remember how bad the NHL was financially before there was a salary cap? All the teams were losing money. There was like two teams making money in the league. It was a joke. The salary cap literally saved the NHL. I think there should be a salary cap. I think it's a good thing. And if you're complaining about it, it's just because your team is really good and you can't stack even more talent on top of it. Sorry that you have great players on your team or your Vancouver. (laughs) Next bottom, next pretender, Connor Hellebuck. Only because I feel so bad for him. He was first star of the week. He's the best goalie in the NHL right now. He should be in the Hart Trophy conversation. They gave him no help except for Jordy Ben. And that really sucks because I feel like Winnipeg has a chance and I feel bad for this guy carrying the team. His back must hurt. (laughs) Not as bad as prices has been hurting for the last, like, what, 10 years? Right. But the last two years, I think he's been doing some carry price level lifting. I agree. He's amazing. Hunter Hollebuck is amazing. I completely agree with you. But he does carry them very far. Yeah. And then I'm going to one, two, my, my third one. Um, so there was this guy on Twitter. His handle was like Ricky boy, 36. He, uh, he chirped the New Jersey devils in a now deleted tweet where the New Jersey devils were, you know, the social media manager was like talking about something and he replied, how about scoring? How about playing defense? Oh, at least you have memes. And then the New Jersey devils screen. So my, my, my first contender of the week is the new jersey devils social media manager because they screenshotted his profile picture on twitter and it's him weightlifting like lifting weights but it's just the bar there's no actual weights on them and they just replied like they they posted that picture saying your tweets hold about as much weight as you do (laughs) (laughs) that's great good job new jersey social media team yeah, it was a hilarious, great moment of levity. And, you know, like when your team's not good, like the New Jersey Devils are not good right now, you, you, I'm sure they worry about cracking jokes. But the fact that they have the confidence to go in and do that, I just, I would think it was great. So they're my first uh, contender of the week. That's very funny. I like that. Good job, New Jersey. That's fine. My next contender of the week, a tough kid moment. Have you, did you see Nikita Sherback? No. Where is he now? 
So I believe he's playing in the KHL, or he was in LA's bottom system. I think he's in the KHL now. Anyways, uh, he got hit in the face with a puck or a stick. I don't know what it was, but he posted a picture of how bad his lip was split, and then he showed the after picture of being stitched up. Oh, my God, this poor child. Like, it was, like, completely severed lip. Like, it was gross. So, like, if you have a stomach for that kind of stuff, check out his Instagram or his Twitter, whichever it was. But it's something to behold. The fact that he's doing okay after that hit, uh, good on you, kid. I'm not going to go check that out. I trust your... If you have a weak stomach, don't go. I'm not checking that out. Okay, next. And then my my contender of the week, my favorite person of the week, uh, because he's very... He's not active on social media, but when he does hop onto social media he's always very funny or topical or supportive uh god bless this man thomas Buchanan. is this about the lula Morello and the shaving yes it was, that hilarious. was hilarious yeah that was great so kyle palmieri goes to the devils and has to shave off his beard and he's like oh man like new look you know and Buchanan just retweeted it like i i feel you man i know how that works because <laughs> Buchanan had to shave off his goatee when he went to toronto as our spy for like a month yes that was hilarious i remember that that was very funny yeah, so it's always fun. Like, if you don't follow Buchanan on on social media, you need to. He's great. It was a very funny tweet. Give him props for that, Jay. That was funny. Props. I hope you're feeling okay, Nikita Sherbeck. Yeah, well, he like his his before and after picture. The after picture when it was stitched up, he was in very good spirits. You know, he's like hockey loves me and hates me at the same time, kind of thing. You know, like it was good. So I feel like he's doing well. But uh, hope wish him a quick recovery. He should be wearing a cage for the rest of his life. You know, like don't take a chance. <laughs> I thought he was going to be such a stud. <laughs> Oops. Okay. Yeah, another one of those uh, Habs draft picks that I thought was going to be amazing and we whiffed on. Next. Yeah, him and uh, what's his face? The one who we got for Vanek, Kohlberg. I thought Kohlberg was going to be such a stud too. I uh, I was going to die on that hill for years. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. You win some, you lose some. All right, fumble of the week. Uh, I, I it, It's a tie. I wasn't sure who to pick, but it's either Jim Benning or Kevin Dayoff. Benning because he just piles on bad after bad after bad. Dayoff because I figured he really missed a key opportunity. I think I'm going to go with Benning just because if he loses one of Pedersen or Hughes because he has too much money tied up in other players, someone's going to murder him. <laughs> like someone's going to drive up to his house and, and crack him over the head with their cane. So, Okay, we are not condoning any violence. Do not do that, listeners. No, please. don't hurt Jim Benning at all. Um, but you can make fun of him. I think he's earned it. Like He gets paid enough to get made fun of, I think. How much do GMs make? $5 million, $10 million? What do they make? I don't know, but do they earn their salary? We don't know that either because we don't know what GMs do. <laughs> it's like the one day of the year where they had to all get up and work, and they didn't even want to get up because it was Monday, so they did all their work on Sunday night. Like They're literally doing their homework the day before the deadline. Midnight, <laughs> <sighs> breaking, drinking all the trades at midnight last night. Yeah, good times. <laughs> so annoying. I was trying to get some sleep. You know, <laughs> like, oh. they were like, nope, Noah, not going to happen. <laughs> oh, all right, we're uh, we're 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 rounding the corner on this one. We're looking for a hottie of the week. Do you have a Sherat or not? I do. Okay, so he's not like necessarily the hottest player, but he's really cute and like an adorable kind of way. So today I'm going to give it to TJ Oshi. He's adorable. He's a good looking guy. He is. I really, really, really like TJ Oshi. I think he's adorable. So it's for you, TJ. I feel like TJ Oshie is one of those players who's always like, you never overrate him, you never, like, you always either overrate or underrate him, if that makes sense. Like, there was that time where we thought he was, like, the best player in the league and he wasn't, and now there's a time where we're like, we kind of forget about him, but he's still really good at hockey, you know? Yeah, my friend is a diehard Caps fan, and 
she is terrified that Seattle's going to claim it and claim him in the expansion. And she's absolutely terrified about losing him because she thinks he's adorable. And I'm like, I'm sure it's going to be okay. And she's like, so, so worried about it. And meanwhile, I'm over here like, please take so-and-so off our team. Please take him, Seattle, please. When we get further down into the season, are we going to do uh, a Seattle mock draft? Sure, we totally can. That sounds like fun. I'd love that. Yeah, because you you kick my ass in it. That's why you love it. A lot of competition that we'd have to talk about it, you know, but yeah, no. uh, app friendly has a Seattle expansion draft program where you can hop in and uh, do your own expansion draft. It's so much fun. Oh, that's cool. I'll check that out. Awesome. Yeah. Cat friendly. It's awesome. Again, thank you. Cat friendly for making this a lot easier on all of us. I don't know how much they make doing that, but they definitely earn their paycheck because they do more work than NHL GMs. I'm pretty sure. NHL GM is going to call you one day and just give you shit. You know that, right? Oh, I said it four times this podcast. Look at that. No, I'll just say, give me a job and we'll see. Like, like uh, prove me wrong, you know? <laughs> like, whatever. Uh, oh, so if anyone wants to hire me to work for your NHL franchise, I don't care if it's the Sens, I'll take the job. And we're going to wrap it up now. Our moment in hospitality. The lockdown does not seem to be working. Uh, please, please stay home. There's a stay at home order. Just stay at home. We're all staying home. Please help us out. We want to get back to normal life. Please let us get back to normal life. Don't go and be an NHL coach taking off your mask and stuff like that. It's only been four days, Noah. It takes a little bit longer for lockdowns to work. Take it from somebody who's been in one pretty much since September or even before that. We're, and we have a bullshit curfew going on that doesn't work. So good times. Hmm. But yeah, get vaccinated, everybody, if you can. I know the rollouts are really frustrating and really annoying. Trust me, I know all about it. But if you can get vaccinated, please do. Let's try to get some herd immunity going up in here. We can hopefully stop this from spreading because who wants to live like this? I don't. Although I'm kind of enjoying staying home. Are you? (laughs) Well, I'm on vacation this week from work. So, I mean, like I'm enjoying that, but I haven't had any time off due to this pandemic at all. I'm like working in a more dangerous situation every single day. Which is terrifying. And I hope that you're okay. Don't worry. If you could fire one person, would you fire Francois Legault or Marc Bergevin? Oh, that's not fair. That's the question. That's how we end this pod. The answer that's you need to answer that question. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. I have Francois Legault. He's worse. I hate him. I, I would fire Doug Ford over Mark Bergevin. So I think we're in the same yeah. zone. All right, everybody. That's been our show this week. Thanks for tuning in. Ashley, you want to drop some plugs? Yeah, check us out. Subscribe. Press the buttons. You know what to do at Fumble Puck Pod. And we're on all podcasting services and apps as far as I know. If we're not, please let us know. As always, you can reach us by email, Ashley at FumblePuckPod.com or Noah with an H at FumblePuckPod.com. You can also check up, again, all of our stuff on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. And we're everywhere. Facebook. Again, Fumble Pack Podcast on Facebook. And check us out. Stay safe. Awesome. Go Habs, go. Please win. Please score.